Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Rachel, thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you for having me. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I'm from Virginia. Virginia. Yes. How in the world did you get to Heartlight in East Texas from Virginia? That is a very good question. (laughs) Um, My parents did some research and found this place. Uh, Just because it's normal for anybody to send their child to Heartlight, right? (laughs) Yeah. What was going on? What was happening in Um, your life? I was down a really not so good path. Um, I was getting into a lot of drugs, alcohol, the wrong types of people. And um, my parents took my phone one day and looked through it Mm, and kind of realized a lot of the stuff I was getting involved with. And so they sent me to a program before this. Yeah. And then throughout the program, they found out more and more things and how deep I was getting involved in the wrong crowd, like substance abuse um, and everything. And we came to an agreement that we thought I needed some place to cement these things before going out back out into society. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up before all those things Mm -hmm. started to happen. What was the motivation to get into all that stuff? Um, I was in a fairly abusive relationship when I was 14 um, with an older guy. And after that, I just had so much taken from me and so much gone that I started looking for things to fill it. Okay. So what do you think the drive was to even date an older guy? I mean, you turn 14, what do you do? Go boy crazy and you're just (laughs) looking for a guy? Well, he was at my church. Yeah. And my family was friends with his family. Ah, one of those church guys, huh? (laughs) Yes. And at the time, I would not consider myself a Christian at all. Um, My parents have pushed it on me when I was younger, and I was pretty resistant to it for whatever reason. I just thought, um, no, like, this isn't for me. Anything you're trying to push at me, I'm just going to rebel and say, like, But you've always been in the church, though, right? Yes, always. Yeah. And so that's how we met, and then we became friends and stuff, and it just went from there. And I thought he was the nicest guy in the world until things started getting bad. Pretty controlling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so things get bad. Was that what ushered in the drugs and alcohol and stuff? Um, No, I had been experimenting with alcohol before that. Yeah. Um, Like... Mostly socially, like with a lot of my friends, their older siblings 
would drink and stuff. And so when I would go over to their house, they would have it and I'd do it. Not thinking it was a big deal. Yeah. And then with drugs, I started doing weed pretty much the same way. Yeah. Um, but after things started getting bad in that relationship is when my abuse of these things went up. Yeah. Yeah. So they go up. Somebody, you know, says, okay, we got to do something. You go to a program Mm -hmm. to help you with that. Then you come to HeartLight. Okay, Mm -hmm. how's your life changed since you've been at HeartLight? I I honestly don't know the words to describe it. Um, Mm, It's been unbelievable um, in the best ways. Yeah. It's just, my parents talk about this all the time. Like, it is just... Unbelievable. I was in such a dark place. Wow. Hated God, hated the church. Um, I thought Christians were not the type of people I wanted to associate myself with. Hating my parents, like just basically living a life that I thought I wanted when really it wasn't. To just being able to say like, I follow Jesus Christ and I accept him and I accept Christianity and... Yeah. My parents have a great relationship and like having a life now that I can do something with. Okay. And so what what made the switch? What was it that, that moved you from being so anti-Christian to now embracing this guy named Jesus Christ? Well, in my first program, my parents decided to send me the New Testament. And there, I didn't really have much to do on some days, so I would sit down and read it because it was really the only book I had. Yeah, yeah. So I started reading it and just, it never really like hit me. Just over time, I'm starting to think like, this is really cool. Like this dude like was able to perform all these miracles and no matter how many times people messed up, he was able to forgive them. Yeah. And in my life, I never really felt that anyone could do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then coming to Heartlight, I started trying to continue on like my path and everything by myself. And I'm like, I can do this. I don't need anyone else. These are my issues yeah, yeah. that I created. Yeah. Um, so on December 20th of 2015, I grew to realize that I need someone else, that yeah. I cannot do this on my own. Um, Just because it wasn't working or because it, it was working. working so well? It, You're going, hey, this is working great. I can do this on my own. No, it, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying and to all in vain, pretty much. Um, yeah. I thought I was making the progress. And then when something came up, I'm like, this, I should not be reacting this way wow. to this. Wow. Um, and I was just, thinking I'm going to be an adult out of here and I, I need to change. I don't want to be how I used to be. Yeah. I don't want to rely on stuff. And so I thought I was having a relationship with Christ now that, hey, I accepted him. It's fine. I'm praying every day, just pretty much checking off boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't until my counselor here, Alicia, and I were really talking about my relationships with people and about there's no relationship without trust. Yeah. And just because you go through the motions of talking to someone and hang out with them doesn't mean you have a relationship. Right. And that got me thinking, well, I know about Christ. I think he's doing stuff in my life, but I don't fully trust him. Yeah. And I just reevaluated it as a relationship 
and me basically saying, this isn't a relationship. Yeah. I'm just doing this stuff, checking off the boxes and then expecting things to fall into place yeah. Yeah. and not having to work at it. So I gave, or Jarnal took me out one day and talked to me about my Christianity. And that was the weekend after in church, you know, how they have preachers like stand up at the front sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their song. All of a sudden, I find myself like getting up and walking up to one of them and then <laughs> just be like breaking down wow. and crying. Wow. And then I told them some of my story and that I was basically ready. I was ready to not have to carry this burden on my own. Yeah, yeah. So a week after that, Jarnold talked with me about it and about and Jarnold is a, is our director of counseling named Justin yes. Arnold. Everybody Sorry. calls him Jarnold, <laughs> and so yeah. Um, he really talked to me about what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, and how there's a couple phases in it, like accepting, like you need a savior, trusting in him is a huge key, and then living your life out yeah. as one. Yeah, and where I got snagged up was a trust because I'm at least in my opinion, never really had someone in my life who I fully trusted with everything in my life. And what I realized is like, if I'm really a Christian, if I truly believe in Christ, I will trust him. Yeah. And even though it will be hard, I will have faith that even though it won't be easy all the time, that it will be okay. Wow. That even if I'm not okay, I will be. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's and I got cool. baptized two weeks ago yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my parents got to um, come out here, and we stayed an extra day for that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Isn't it interesting that, that what you've been taught and showed and shared with and everything else, that all those seeds that got planted in your life, that it eventually just took a little bit of time and a little bit of life and... Uh, a uh, few more candles being burnt on your birthday cake <laughs> to get you to a point where you go, okay, I need something different. I mean... You ever think about that? Sometimes. Sometimes I wonder, or I look back, and I just think, why didn't I see this sooner? Yeah. Why couldn't I have seen it before I started getting involved? And maybe my whole life would be different when I've come to the conclusion that he has a plan. And so I was meant to, or maybe not meant to, but the fact that I went through some of the things I went through and I did some of the stuff I did is meaning like, he's like, I'm going to use that someday or he's going to use that in my favor. You think? You yeah. Think? I, I think, I hope. I, you know what? I, I think he has a plan and yes. for all of our lives. And, and so I know that everything that comes to us has first passed through the hands of God. Mm -hmm. And what does get to us is there to transform us more into his image. And so I don't get caught in the stuff, well, it's good stuff, bad stuff. I just go, I know God's in control. And if he is, then then that's a good thing. He'll cause all things to work together for good. Mm -hmm. And and he does do that. And so even the bad, yeah, even the bad. Does he cause it? You know what? That's not my business. That's That's God's business. Whether he causes it, allows it, or I don't get caught in the argument of that. I spend more time thinking that God has a plan for my life, and it's wonderful, and I know that, that he has for each one of us. And because of that, we can trust him because we know something is, is far more than just who we are. And so 
that's exciting. That's exciting to yes to see what's going on in your life and stuff. Christmas will look a little bit different this year, you think? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm going to be able to be home by then and be yeah. able to spend it with my family. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Yes. That'll be wonderful. Hey, well, thanks for sharing your story. Thank I so, you for having so me. I so appreciate it and, and uh, think the world of, of you and what you're doing and the growth that I've seen. It's just been amazing. It's been kind of cool. Moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, a devotional for dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Hey, Isaac, thanks for being a part of the program. You know, we're talking about entitlement. I mean, you we laughed a little bit beforehand. Do you think you're entitled? Oh, um, I'm like overly entitled. Uh, yeah, so. And how do you define that? How would you look at that and define that? Basically, like, my parents just give me whatever I want, whenever I want it, and it's my goal to not let that happen. Okay, now like, that, and that sounds funny to me, that they want to give you everything, and you're not going to let it happen. Yeah, it's like, from what I've learned is that while they're giving me everything I want, that's not teaching me anything. It's yeah. teaching me like, oh, well... I can just go up and get whatever I want. Like, it's not teaching me the real goals of life. It's not giving me any work ethic. It's just yeah. giving it to me. Yeah. So so what do you think their motivation is? Um, honestly, after my parents uh, got divorced, my dad's like, my mom doesn't really, she has more boundaries, but my dad, um, he gives me just about anything. And I think it's a way for him to try and show his love. Wow. Um, so, Don't you think that men do that a little bit that way? I yeah. mean, they... Uh, you know, they bring home flowers. They're always wanting to buy gifts. They're wanting to fix something. They want to give away big gifts. Women are more emotional, if you will, and and um, and they want to be hugged and cared for and listened to. But guys have this amazing way of wanting to just give everything. You know, do you think that's kind of normal? Yeah, I mean, I know I do it yeah, um, yeah. with many um, of my past girlfriends. But yeah, I I think sometimes it can get out of hand, though. Yeah, I mean, do you think that you started doing that with your girlfriends, buying them stuff, giving them stuff, and yeah, I definitely did. Um, and they loved you more and more for it, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> like, I mean, who doesn't want to receive gifts, right? Yeah, yeah. So it makes it easy. So what brought you to the point where you go, wait a minute, I gotta, I gotta stop, because you still like getting everything, but but to say I've got to change, why is that? Well, um, first reason, heart light. Uh, coming here is just really like open my eyes to everything wow. that has really been going on that was not 
heading me in the right direction at home. And so that was one of the main reasons. And the other reason was like, I, I just took a look at my life and how getting all these things from my dad is not helping me out at all. Because like I said earlier, it's not helping me with my work ethic. So I'm learning nothing. I'm basically going through life just expecting that I get whatever I want. Yeah. And that's not a way you can, that's not a good approach to life. Like yeah. you're not going to be going anywhere if that's the way you have, if that's the mindset you have. And how did you start to come to that realization? Um, About a couple months in, uh, just... I was realizing that I was asking for stuff like over the phone even. I was just like, I I can't, I, I, I was I was pushing it too much. Wow. Yeah. And so what about with the other kids that are here? Did you find that, that they're, yes. did, you, did you begin to realize, hey, yeah. I want more stuff than they want? Yeah. Um, some kids, I mean, I definitely have heard from other staff that like some kids just go on the phone and just yeah. ask over and over and over. Yeah. And I was, I was like, wow, I... Uh, I do that sometimes too. It's just like this is, this is not this is not me. Like I, I'm spending too much time getting what I want and not enough time focusing on what is actually going to help me in life. Yeah. Okay. So how old are you? Uh, I'm 17. Okay. So when you were 12, that was okay. Yeah. I mean, because you can't hold a job other than mowing yards or right. throwing papers yeah. or something. But as you get a little bit older, you find, wait a minute, this hasn't been a good thing for me. You think? Yeah, it it definitely went down the wrong path. Okay, so what would you tell parents of fourteen and fifteen year olds now? Yeah, I mean to to keep it from getting to the point where it's gotten you, where you're realizing, wait a minute, this isn't right. You know, what would you tell parents? Set boundaries. Definitely, don't be afraid to say no, yeah. because that's just because you say no doesn't mean your kids are going to love you any less. Yeah. Okay. So when you were fifteen and your dad would have told you no. How do you think you would have responded? Well, it may have made me upset because of all of the past um, entitlement issues. Yeah. I'm not going to love him any less. Yeah. It's, my love is still going to be there. It's not going to change. I mean, I may not be getting what I want, but it's honestly going to be bettering me in the long run, whether yeah. I knew it at that point or not. You think everybody's entitled to some extent? I mean, yeah. like some. I think almost everybody is entitled, yeah. if not everybody. I mean, you, 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 you ever go to another country and see anything different anywhere else? Well, okay. I mean, you have people in Africa, but other than that. It's amazing that I, I saw a poster the other day that it said, you know, I had a little kid. He couldn't have weighed more than 40 pounds. He had to be 14 years old, drinking water out of a bottle that his mother was given, doesn't have food, barely has clothes, all that stuff. And, and, it, and the caption was, and you think you have it bad. I mean, you and I, and just about everybody listening to this radio program, lives in the top 2% of the world. We live better than 98% of people, you know, in this culture. And I, and I, sometimes I wonder if we're all entitled, if we don't have an entitled society, and it just happens that you're starting to realize it, but it's always been that way, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years, you think? Yeah. I feel like everyone is, like... I feel like everyone is entitled to basic needs. Yeah. I think that's just something that everyone should be entitled to. Um, but our society has taken that one step farther. Like yeah. the American society has taken that like, oh, you're entitled to this extra, extra, extra. Yeah. You don't need all the extras. You just need the basics. Yeah. So does it motivate you to go out and get a job? Uh, it definitely does. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so how do you make money as 17 years old? Um, I mean... Go get a job at Taco Bell. Go get a job at 
church's chicken. Like, just go put yourself out there. Start putting your application out. Just do what you need. And and you think that will combat, or do you think it'll motivate you even more to make sure that you get an education and and get a better job that's going to pay you more than minimum wage? Uh, I think I think it should motivate you. Um, I mean, there are those kids that just like deep rooted in their head, they're just like, no, no, like yeah. I'm just doing this because my parents are forcing me to. But yeah. if you really let it take you, you're gonna soar. Yeah, cool. Okay, one last question: How's Heartlight changed you? Wow, um, I could go on for hours about this. Mm. Um, but in summary, basically, when I came here, I was an entitled brat. Would wow. be a um, wow, and basically everything I. Everything I asked for, I would get because my dad thought that that was the only way that he could please me. Yeah. And now I look back and he, uh, I took him for granted way too many times. Wow. And that's something I, I, I never want to do again. I never want to take my parents for granted. Think it'll change the way that you live when you get married? Uh, yes. Even I have kids? Yeah. Because I'm not, uh, I'm going to be doing more for them and expecting less in return. Wow. Wow. Hey, thanks for being a part of the program today. No problem. It's good to have you on, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.